This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 168, recorded on Monday, June the 23rd, 2014. Hey, everybody. Wow. Welcome back to the program. Jason, how are you doing this fine evening? I am doing fine this fine evening. That's good. How are, how are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm a little tired. I've been working a lot. I've been knocking down walls. I've been piling bricks. I've been really, really putting some hard miles on my body these last couple of weeks. So I'm a little bit worn down, but I'm okay. That's good. It, you know, good, honest work has never hurt anybody except for the, you know, the thousands of people that have died. <laughs> Except for them, yeah. No, it's I've just been busy doing stuff around the house, helping my dad with stuff. Been really busy at the day job, but nobody cares about any of that, do they? Uh, not really. I'm on vacation right now. Yeah, so you're not doing anything. Well, no, I'm doing stuff. Like today, we went to the uh, uh, we went to the nursery twice. Well, we went to two different nurseries. One we bought a bunch of plants, and another one we bought a tree. Hmm. And uh, Jenny put those in the ground, and I'm in the process of uh, staining some Muskoka chairs. That we're going to put on the back deck. Is she on vacation too? She is on vacation as well. We're going to go up, uh, we're going to go kayaking a little later in the week, but today we're just kind of puttering around. Hmm. I like a good putter now and then. Yeah. Tomorrow we might go to the, uh, what, what uh, you went there, it's that fish fish museum downtown. The aquarium. The aquarium, that's right. The we new, the new aquarium in downtown Toronto. It was pretty, it was pretty exciting, I must say. It was expensive though, right? Yes. It was not cheap. It was like a hundred bucks for four of us to get in. Wow. Two adults okay. and two kids. Right, uh, don't, do e- don't eat lunch at the aquarium, if I can give you a tip. Go eat lunch somewhere else at an actual restaurant. Do they serve anything but fish? Well, I don't know. We didn't eat lunch there either, but the sort of cafeteria did not look very good. Yeah. I wouldn't want to eat fish at the uh, aquarium. No. Just, I, you know, morally. <laughs> yeah. That might be a little weird, but uh, I just think in general the food didn't look great. But the aquarium itself... Fantastic. High-tech, state-of-the-art, so many fish, sharks, all kinds of amazing stuff. Fish sharks? I love fish sharks. I know. Fish sharks are the best. So what are we going to do here on the program today, Mr. Miles? Do you know? Uh, I have a pretty good idea. You just ran through it like in the preamble uh, before we start and said record. We're going we're gonna to do some news. We are. And we're going to talk about the Telltale Walking Dead game. We are going to do that. And then we uh, there's some kind of uh, secret announcement or uh, you know information that we're going to give out. I don't know if it's a secret, but we're going to announce our next Walking Dead actor spotlight. Right. Okay. So, but the uh, the 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 actor that we're going to spotlight, actor or actress, is uh, let's keep that a secret for now. For now, well, that'll be the the big reveal at the end of the show. Yeah. Before all that, though, I want to talk about something real quick that friend of the show Dave is doing. If you've been listening for any amount of time, you've either maybe heard him on the podcast because he's been here once or twice, and if not that, you've definitely heard us talking about him and his comic, Stranger. He is a comic book artist, uh, and he does a zombie comic, as I said, called Stranger, and he's recently started a Kickstarter for it. What he wants to do is put out a complete um, collection of all the issues so far, including a few other things like a preview of the next issue coming up. It's got some custom uh, cover art that looks really, really spectacular. 
and he's got a lot of whole a bunch of different Kickstarter levels with different rewards for you to uh, to browse if you would like. So I think uh, I posted this on our Facebook page last week, but in case you missed that or you don't go to our Facebook page, which is totally cool, I thought I'd mention it here. If you want to go help support Dave in what he's doing, or or just check out Stranger the comic, go to Kickstarter Kickstarter and search for Stranger. It'll come up in the uh, results there. That's probably the easiest way to find it on there. And failing that, links directly from our Facebook page and probably the uh, post for this podcast as well. Is there a link from the uh, the Facebook page directly to the Kickstarter? There is. Awesome. So you can do that. Yeah. Um, but it's very cool. It's uh, He's teamed up with a, uh, a comic company and they're putting out a collection of all the issues. It should be really, really cool and uh, worth worth your time to check out. Alrighty, should we? I'm gonna let you direct the uh, direct the bus here today, Jason. What do you want to do first, the news or the video game review? Well, the news. Alrighty then. Makes more sense to me. I don't know about you. The Walking Dead news. See, even the bumper uh, says we should do the news. It does. The bumper knows all. <laughs> so, what have we got in the news today? We've got we've got four or five sort of quick things here, and then a couple of bigger items at the end. And I think if we plow through these first ones and then uh, get to the bigger ones later, it might uh, it might those might stimulate a little bit more discussion. So we'll save those for the end. Okay. The first item. Do you remember? I don't know. A while back, we talked about the fact that The Walking Dead would be uh, has been syndicated. Right. Onto a network called My Network TV. Right, right, right. Well, there's a little bit more information about that now, and I mean little, very little, <laughs> but it is that uh, their schedule has been released, and they're going to be showing reruns of the show at 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Wednesday nights. That's awesome. So if you're looking for it, if you get My Network TV, then uh, that would be a good place to catch reruns every week during the off-season. Now, also, don't forget, though, that these are edited versions, so they get back down within the TV 14 rating. Right. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but maybe it is if you want to watch the show with your kids. I don't know. Uh, The other thing is they may not be changed all that much, at least the earlier episodes, because if you recall, the original bunch episodes were rated TV 14 anyways. Right. So, you know, they were changed because of some parent group complained, uh, but you know, I so maybe they don't have to cut anything. They just revert back to that rating, and no one's the wiser. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it might be. Uh, you know, when I watch the show with my wife, some of the uh, the parts are very gory and can be, uh, you know, eye hidey. So she hides her eyes at some point. So uh, maybe <laughs> watching them, for some people, it's just uh, it 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 really doesn't fit within their normal sensibilities to watch it. Uh, as it is, so having it, uh, you know, rated differently and edited slightly for uh, for content, you know, that would that would appeal to you know grandmothers and uh, people that, that don't like gore and zombies. People who are prone to being eye Heidi, right? Eye Heidi, <laughs> of course. Why not? Anyways, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Wednesday nights on my network TV. Catch the Walking Dead reruns. Uh, the Walking Dead will be part of Universal Studios' Halloween Horror Nights once again this year. Nice. Uh, this is the third year running, and from the press release, they said, this year's bone-chilling maze will place guests at the heart of a harrowing journey to seek sanctuary at Terminus, an elusive destination that promises community for all. 
Oh, <laughs> elusive, which means every time you're about to find it, it will go someplace else. It, it just zaps out of existence <laughs> and pops in somewhere else. That's right. right. <laughs> fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. So I don't know too much about these, but this is Universal Studios' like Halloween celebration, I suppose. And for three years in a row now, they've had a Walking Dead theme with zombies walking around and I guess all the marketing that goes with it and so on. And they're keeping it current to the recently aired TV season because now it's all about Terminus. It does sound like a kind of fun experience, I think. I think it would be fun. You know, even, you know, Universal Studios by itself is probably pretty fun. Being there on Halloween Horror Nights, it's the kind of thing I might want to do someday. That, yeah, that would be great. Get all dressed up and go go out for uh, for Halloween. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I haven't done that in a long time. No, no, I get to do that now because I have kids. So You don't uh, get dressed up, though. No, but I totally could. You, you could, yeah, but uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like something that you would do just, you know, for your kids. Oh, come on. I have a Batman well, costume. Well, you should get dressed up this year. The last time I got dressed up, I think we had a Halloween party at your place, and your wife went as a speed bump because she was pregnant with your first daughter. <laughs> that was the last time I dressed up uh, for Halloween. Well, that would have been like eight years ago then. It was a while ago. Wow. Well, that's a good costume. I like that idea. Well, I'm going to throw on the Batman suit again this year, I think, and uh, walk around the neighborhood. That's a good idea. Well, do it on Halloween. <laughs> I might just do it tomorrow, this weekend. Why not? Yeah, do it over the weekend. It'd be fine. Take a break from all the hard labor I'm doing and dress up as Batman and solve some Walk crimes. around the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get your wife to take pictures of the reactions of people. I will. You know what the problem with my Batman costume is? It's crotchless. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a problem. <laughs> what, what, what is the problem with your uh, your Batman costume? It's that it's a kind of a cheap Batman costume. It's not a high-end, expensive one, although I would love a high-end, expensive Batman costume. This right. is, you know, your costume store $50, $60 Batman costume. Right. So the, the plastic breastplate that comes with it is this enormous thing that, you know, I can't even put my arms together in front of me when it's on because I just can't do it. So it kind of looks ridiculous, but it is fun to dress up as Batman still. Does it have uh, Does it have fake abs, or do you have to show off your real abs? It has fake abs, luckily. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and very much. a crotch. <laughs> yes, there is a crotch. Nice. It's assless, but, you know, there is a crotch. <laughs> <laughs> even better. Yeah. Alrighty, so back to Universal Studios. If you happen to be attending this year's events, we'd love to hear what it's like. Take some pictures, send them in, just send a report. I want to know what it's like before I buy my ticket for next year. Yeah, me too. Alrighty. Moving right along, Melissa McBride. She was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award, which I believe we mentioned uh, recently on the show. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, she did not win. Oh. It is kind of a bummer. Uh, the winning, The winner was Bellamy Young, from Scandal. I don't, I, I've never seen even a minute of Scandal. No, neither have I. I, I am barely aware of its existence. <laughs> well, you're slightly more aware now because Bellamy Young won an award for it. Is that the one with Madeline Stowe? Couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the the point Revenge? There's, it's hard to tell. There is a show called Revenge too, isn't there? I don't know. The point is though, Melissa McBride did not win, sadly. Uh, but, of course, she was just happy to be nominated. Yeah. We have a consolation prize for her later. That's right. Now, speaking of awards, Norman Reedus and Lauren Cohan have added some trophies to their cases lately. 
Both of them won awards at the Spike Guys Choice Awards. <laughs> so, okay, so uh, I don't know any Spike Guys. No, neither do I, but they uh, these two have won some awards at their awards show. Now, Redis, he won the Biggest Ass Kicker Award. Right. It's fair. I, I think that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, an Ass Kicker should win the Littlest Ass Kicker Award. Right. Little ass kicker. Sorry. The interesting thing here is that Norman Reedus won the biggest ass kicker award. Daryl Dixon won the most dangerous man award. <laughs> However, oh, see, I get the distinction now. So the character won an award. Yes, the character won an award. and But the actor won a different award. Correct. So, that seems strange. So what they're saying is that Norman Reedus... Norman Reedus, the actor, is actually the biggest ass kicker in the world, or, right. or at least that was nominated. Daryl Dixon is the most dangerous man on TV. That's how I read that. Okay. So, you know, characters, fictional characters can't win awards, in my <laughs> humble opinion. Well, Mr. Dixon has. Now, Lauren Cohan, she won award, an award, too. She, <laughs> I'm not even sure I can say this one, but she won the Jean-Claude... Nope. Jean-Claude Goddamn Award. <laughs> and God is spelled G-A-H-D, so it's more of, of the... Of course it is. Why wouldn't you... Why would you spell it any other way? It's more of the Jean-Claude Goddamn or something God like that. Goddamn. <laughs> and she beat out Eva Green for that one, so that's, that's some stiff competition there. Now, yeah. I believe that this is the female equivalent of the Biggest Ass Kicker Award. Right. I don't know why it's not <laughs> the... I don't know why women and men can't compete for a biggest ass kicker. I don't know. And I don't know why it has such an awesome name like Jean-Claude Goddamn. But it does. I, I don't know. Maybe a 14-year-old boy is uh, choosing the names of these things. This is the Spike Guys Choice Awards. You may not be far off. Right. If it's not a 14-year-old boy, it may be a man with the intellect of a 14-year-old boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Now, incidentally, <clears throat> Denai Guerrero won the Jean-Claude Goddamn Award in 2013. And she deserves every word of that goddamn. Oh, I totally agree with that. She kicks ass like nobody. Right. Like nobody's business. So there you go. Redis, Dixon, and Cohan took home some hardware at the Spikes Guys Choice Awards this year. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> so The Walking Dead, Jason, how many seasons do you think it has in it? Like, you know, under its belt? No. Like, we've got four done already. We know five is happening. How many do you think this show can realistically go for? How many How many do you think it should go for? How many do you want it to go for? Okay. So, if we go historically, some of my favorite shows have run for a very long time. Law & Order was 20, 21 years. Simpsons is still going tr strong at, like, 23, right? But I could argue that The Simpsons is not even the same show as it was 15, 20 years ago. Right. Well, I haven't watched it in 10 years, so I could I don't, I don't know if I can agree or disagree with you. Okay. Uh so the shows that I do like that uh run shorter are uh you know 6 7 seasons. Uh for example, I think Battlestar Galactica was only like 4 seasons, but they split that up weird. Mhm. Mm um there's yeah, so 6 7 seasons uh, are typical. 8 seasons is kind of stretching it. mm Mhm. Uh, 10 is, there's very, very few shows in existence that have gone 10 or more seasons. So The Walking Dead, I think if they, um, I, I would say seven or eight seasons total. Okay. 
I, I think I would agree with you generally. I mean, we are going into season five. My, my feeling is that there's no real indication that it's slowing down. I'm not tired of it yet. I don't think it's worn out its welcome or anything. So giving it three more is probably realistic. Right. Now, David Alpert had this to say at a Producers Guild of America panel. He said, I happen to love working from source material, specifically because we have a pretty good idea of what season 10 is going to be. We know where seasons 11 and 12, uh, we have benchmarks and milestones for those seasons if we're lucky enough to get there. Wow. So what he's saying, and, you know, he's a producer, of course, on the show, if, if in case you, you didn't know. But he's saying that they have at least roughly or very high level mapped out all the way up to season 12. Right. Well, you know, it might be one of those things. Wouldn't it be great if season season 12 was on a you know, aircraft carrier and season 13 was, you know, in the Cayman Islands? <laughs> season you know, 14 and, on the moon. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it might just be, you know, a bunch of guys sitting in a room drunk out of their skulls because it's Christmas and, uh, you know, shooting shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. That's right? what. So you know, I, I'm a little leery about mapped out as a phrase. I think they probably have some ideas on what would be cool. Wouldn't it be cool if uh, we get to season 12 and we can do things like uh, everybody's dead except for uh, Judith and she's the only one alive and she's 17 years old now and, uh, you know, society has rebuilt mostly and she's got a lightsaber and she can fly and she's kicking ass and she's like Neo in the Matrix, (laughs) you know? That kind of thing. That's a lot of cool ideas right there, man. You just yeah. defined the greatest show in the history of the world. Um, well, I read something today that uh, shows shouldn't be canceled. They should just uh, slowly morph shows into other shows by s- switching characters and plot lines. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Don't like, cancel. Screw this, yeah, screw this uh, you know, endings and beginnings thing. Just you know, morph shows into other shows. Keep it going. Yeah. introduce clones on The Walking Dead, for example, and turn it into some other clone show. That's right. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, David Alpert did say benchmarks and milestones. So to me, that means things like, okay, guys, uh, in season 10, we want to have this character be dead for the for three years already. Or, you know, in season 12, we want to have the group be here instead of where they are right now. How we get there, I don't know yet, but that's our milestone for season 12. I mean, that kind right. of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, having everyone be have lightsabers and fly in the Matrix, that's probably in there too. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Well, if you're drunk at a Christmas party and you're spewing shit, then that's the <laughs> kind of shit that you need to spew. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's what people do at Christmas. They just get drunk and spew shit. That's right. Uh, so, anyways, the point is, if this goes twelve years, we are going to be running this podcast until twenty um, twenty or what the hell? When did we start? Twenty twenty two. Started in two thousand ten, right? Nice. Twenty twenty two. Jason, you think we'll uh, survive that long? Well, no, I'm kind of <laughs> make me nervous speculating <laughs> on whether or not you and I, either of us, will survive. Another eight years. I mean... I sure hope so. I don't mean, like, continue to live. I just mean continue to do a podcast for eight more years. I'm dedicated to it, but you never know. As long as this crappy body draws breath, I'm doing this podcast, if there's a show on the air. (laughs) Got it. All right. Well, then, we are on board. 
Yeah, we are on board. Bring it on, Mr. Alpert. Let's get to season 20 and see what we say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more items in the news, and these, I think, are the slightly larger news items. We'll see how it goes, though. I don't know. So Gail Ann Hurd, another producer on the show, she recently criticized a Game of Thrones executive over some uh, comments he made about piracy, TV show piracy. Right. And I got a few quotes here. So Jeff Bukes is the chief executive of uh, Time Warner, which is HBO's parent company. And he said that Game of Thrones piracy has been, quote, better than an Emmy, end quote, as a publicity machine to help drive TV subscriptions. And Game of Thrones apparently is the most pirated show on the internet. Mm-hmm, I've heard that. Yes. Now, Gail Ann Hurd, speaking to The Guardian, said... I have two quotes from her. The first one is, the truth is you wouldn't imagine stealing someone's car or a piece of art they've created. We are poised on the precipice in filmed entertainment, TV and movies. Because of the prevalence of piracy, the content creators will not get a revenue stream to the point that they won't be able to create. That is the danger of piracy. And her other quote, she goes on to say, First of all, if you go on search engines, you should be able to filter out pirated websites. What consumers do... Uh, when consumers do go onto pirated websites, they look legitimate. They have advertising from well-known brands, and they take credit cards. How would the consumer know the difference between legitimate sites and illegitimate sites? There is a lot the advertising industry, credit card industry, and search industry can do to help protect legit content. So she's uh, she's gone out on a limb here and really made her feelings known. Right. Um, first of all... What do you think about the HBO guy's um, statement that uh, piracy has helped Game of Thrones and really driven TV subscriptions to HBO? Uh, I'm not sure what helped, but you know, if if uh, you make a car and it becomes the most stolen car in the world, that's something to be proud of, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. you've made something that everybody wants, and they're willing to do whatever it needs to take, whatever they need to do in order to get their hands on one of those suckers. So you know that's that's that just is a tribute to what a nice car that must be. So I think that's what he's saying is that it's better than an Emmy because we've made this thing that is so desirable that people will uh, they'll steal it. In order to, you know, in, in large numbers, in order to watch it. Mm-hmm. And people, uh, you know, getting content illegally is not that easy. It's not, you can't just go to, a, uh, you know, an illegitimate website and that's a whole other rant I'm going to go on on uh, uh, what exactly makes a, a website illegitimate if it has legitimate advertisers. Anyway, uh, so you can't just go to an illegitimate website and click on a download link and... Uh, you know, download the, the the movie. Well, you can, I think. I mean, that sort of thing. You exists. need additional tools, right? You can't. Nobody's just offering it you know, as a direct download. Right click, save as, and you save the Game of Thrones as a, a an MP4. Well, I don't know about that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen somewhere. But maybe not for long. I I don't know. Those things get shut down. You know, within minutes of going up, like nobody's stupid enough to start a website and call it Amazon.com <laughs> and you know post pirated links to you know direct downloads. Well, I don't know, but I think also what she's referring to is um, like there's there's a lot of sites that illegally stream content, right? 
They don't okay. they don't download it per se, but they'll stream it to you, which is different than like file sharing it down. You you go there and you actually watch it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't aware of those sites. Well, anyways. So you know, illegally obtaining, in my view, is a little bit outdated, obviously, but uh, it to the point where. Uh, you know, it's a pain in the ass to illegally obtain something, and even the quality of those the, the the video on those sites is probably questionable. Which means, yes, I really enjoy this show, but the quality is not all that great. So you know what? Why don't I sign up for HBO for a while so I can watch this awesome show in good quality? Mm-hmm. You know, and getting things legally is, generally speaking, easier than getting them illegally for the for the masses. Right. So. Uh, I, I would agree with them that uh, this might be the fact that this is this show has been pirated more than any other show in the history of television uh, is probably driving uh, subscriptions. Yeah, for sure. And HBO's model works to to that end a little bit, right? You don't get HBO unless you specifically uh, subscribe to it, which is the same with other channels. But um, <clears throat> you know. It's it's not like an over-the-air signal or something like that. And their whole point is they you pay for the channel, and they make good content to entice people to pay for the channel. And so when they make Game of Thrones, which clearly people consider very, very good content, it all it does, and, and their whole goal is to drive people to, to pay for the channel through, you know, word of mouth or whatever. They hear about someone who loves Game of Thrones, and someone thinks, man, I got to get, get in on that. Um. Now, the problem, though, with, I think, a lot of Gail Ann Hurd's comments is, first of all, her analogy to, you know, stealing a car. You wouldn't just steal a car uh, because everyone knows that's wrong. The, the difference is, you're, you know, I own a car, you steal it, I no longer have that car. Right. When I download a copy of The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or whatever show, you're making a copy of it. You're not removing it from the other person's possession. And that's, I think, an interesting distinction, at least from the f- point of view that that's how a lot of people see it. They don't see it, see it as stealing from someone else because they're not really taking it away from them. They're making a copy of that file and watching it for themselves. Yep. And, you know, whether that's right or wrong, that's the perception, but it also sort of just doesn't work with her analogy. And that's kind of the old way of thinking in my opinion in terms of the tv and the movie industry where they consider it stealing and hey maybe stealing isn't the right word but it in a in a certain way it definitely is you're taking something that is owned by someone else that is not yours and you're and you're taking it keeping it for yourself but there's a i think anyways there's a distinction there in that separates it a little bit from the traditional definition of stealing which is you know i go into your house and i steal your money and you don't have your money anymore right right this is uh this is a little bit different. Now, I guess you could make an argument that the creator of that content is losing their money, and they don't have their money anymore because I didn't pay them for it. Right. Um, but it's just a, it's just sort of a mindset, I think, that a lot of people are looking at this, you know, this uh, tendency with, and and not sure it really applies anymore. That kind of definition of stealing. It's more like counterfeiting. Yeah, you're right. It is more like counterfeiting. So yeah, if you uh, you know counterfeit 
a $10 bill, let's say you photocopy it in a really good photocopier mm-hmm. and you print it onto cotton or you whatever, you ruffle it up, you throw it in, a, in the uh, the wash. I'm teaching people how to counterfeit money here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know so how you if know. somehow you magi- magically, uh, you can't do that with uh, Canadian money anymore because it, it's made out of weird plastic and has see-through portions to it. Mm-hmm. So you have to like wipe it on French fries and paper on French fries to make it clear. <laughs> Did you know you could do that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Try it. Take a piece of paper. Grab a French fry, wipe the piece of paper on the French fry. Oh. The, fr- the piece of paper will become clear. I, I did know that. Sorry. It's a grease thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, counterfeiting money is sort of like doing that. It's it's money that's in circulation that people are using to, to get goods that the government uh, didn't make. So it's, you know, this uh, file sharing, illegal file sharing is... You know, there's eyeballs on screens without HBO making money. And that's what they see as a problem. The fact that uh, if nobody downloaded this, like if if there was absolutely no illegal file sharing for Game of Thrones at all, say somehow we could magically just say it never happened, uh, you know, HBO would still be making a lot of cash. Sure. Right. So I don't think that the illegal downloads are actually costing them any money. I don't know if they'd be making any more money uh, well, if there was no illegal file sharing. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the the people who speak out against piracy in this way seem to believe that if 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 uh, piracy did not exist, all of those people that were pirating their content would be paying for it. And, and I don't tend to believe that you're going to convert any of the pirates. They are going to, there are some people out there who are willing to pay for content and they will. And there are, and they do. And there are other people out there who are just not, and they, and they don't, and they download it illegally. And there's nothing you're going to do to convince them otherwise. Even if somehow you could eliminate the access to any pirated content, those people wouldn't necessarily be going and paying for that content. Right. Now there is a group in between probably that you know um that that wants the content it isn't available to them in a way that they uh that they choose or they prefer so they go to the you know the other way of getting it which is downloading illegally. Right. Um and HBO is in that zone I think because you know it's it's HBO doesn't make their content available for sale on other platforms other than their own platform which is HBO and their streaming app HBO Go I think it's called right so you can't go to iTunes and buy HBO content which there's which I assume there's a group of people that that pushes them towards the piracy angle because they don't have another option and I think those people given the option, given the ease of access through iTunes, through Amazon Prime or whatever they call it, would probably go for that route. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't really know. I'm not an expert. I just uh, I just think that Gail Ann Hurd is a, not totally off base with what she's saying, but I don't think she's sort of making the right analogies and to drive her point home. Right. I, I agree with you. I, I don't necessarily believe what she's saying, but she's doing it to make a specific point. And I think she's stretching the truth to make a specific point. Sure. And that's never been done before. <laughs> no, that's a brand new thing. By anybody. <laughs> All right, last item in the news today. Hyundai, the car company, you're familiar with them. They, as you know, 
have a some sort of sponsorship agreement with The Walking Dead. The Hyundai has been on the show, featured on the show numerous times. Yep. Never seems to be very dirty. And so they've taken it a step further, Jason. They have. They have. Hyundai, 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 I can never remember how to say it. They have released an actual Walking Dead special edition Tucson. Oh, wow. It's come with chainsaws? It's no, but it kind of it comes with some stuff. So it it includes a um, zombie survival kit, which has <laughs> things like walk a Walking Dead branded backpack, a drinking some drinking water, biohazard bags, first first aid supplies, zip ties, toothpaste, more and more stuff like that. So it has a, you know just a survival kit, and it comes in ash black. And it includes, in their words, a subtle red accent graphics package. <laughs> subtle red accent package. So, like, some of the trim, trim is slightly reddish. No, it's, it's fancier than that. They've got these um, uh, near the rear wheel wells. They've got a sort of graphics of uh, hands coming up, like zombie hands reaching up. Right. Which is, it looked kind of cool, I must admit. But you might, I just... Feel like that's the kind of thing you might get tired of after a while when you if you own this car. I don't know, but well, it depends. It depends. You know, if people are so into the Walking Dead that they want to get a Walking Dead branded survival backpack with toothpaste, then uh, they should buy this car rather than spending the uh, the forty nine ninety nine on putting together a uh, a survival kit for your car. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you could probably spend even less than that and get some toothpaste and some zip ties. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it is now available at dealerships. And the question I was thinking here is, has this sponsorship arrangement gone too far? Like, do we really need an actual released special edition car? Or is this just silliness? Is it, is it really called, like, it's not just a, what kind of uh, of Hyundai is it? A Tucson, Hyundai Tucson. Okay, so it's not like a, a, a Hyundai Walking Dead car like it's not actually no. branded walking dead this is a special uh advertising package that you know basically a paint job and a backpack and a and a plaque on the on the back of the car that says walking dead special edition so it right. actually is branded walking dead i bought my mother a plaque at sears uh and had it engraved for 9.99 well <laughs> just, just saying yeah yeah of course and it came with a uh, special tape that pretty much would stick to anything so I could, uh, you know, for uh, $15,000, send me an email uh, with, you know, $15,000 somehow, and I will get you a plaque that says The Walking Dead. Actually, no, I can't do that because as soon as I sell something with The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman's going to come to my house with a baseball bat. Uh, so. Yeah, but that would be awesome if he did that. <laughs> you could live tweet that. Robert Kirkman's at my door with a baseball bat, everybody. <laughs> He's mad at me for making a plaque that said The Walking Dead on it. Uh-huh. And selling it for fifteen grand, he wants his eighty percent. Yeah, that's right. You'd still come out on top. <laughs> I would. That'd be great. So let's do it. Yeah, why not? So I don't know. I kind of feel like I was. I was torn here. I. I would I rather see Hyundai's all over, like on screen on the show, or would I take no on screen placement of the cars, but special edition cars in real life? And I don't think I have a preference other than I just feel like we don't need both <laughs> you know right if they're gonna okay. make a sponsorship deal that's fine I guess they want to have the car in 
the show because millions of eyeballs every every week see that and that's what they're going for but then don't bother with the special edition like seriously are people going to run out and buy this car no but they're going to get advertising out of it you know we're talking about it i'm sure that there are news organizations uh, sorry legit news organizations that will go out there and report on it and it's free advertising yeah right so that's why they're that's why they're doing it is to generate hype and it's working. Yeah, it just bugs me a little bit. Feels like yeah, it's but, overkill. But we're talking about it, and that's exactly what they want. Yeah, that's true. Well, I went to Facebook. I posted this on our Facebook page to get some reaction from people. Yep. It was pretty overwhelmingly positive, I got to say. Here's here's some uh, excerpts. Nicole said, cool. I don't like seeing product placement in the show, but I'm pretty certain I need this car. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie said, I want, with two exclamation points. Wow. Wesley says, I work at a Hyundai dealership taking photos of the new and used cars. Cars. As much as I love The Walking Dead, I can't help but think, really? I'm, really? I'm, I'm with Wesley, I think. Yeah. Uh, Angela says, awesome, wish I could get one. Daphne says, you guys need this car, ha ha. <laughs> so true. we need one. You can have it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'll have it Tuesday, uh, Thursday, and Sunday. How about that? Yeah, we live too far apart now for a car share. I know. It's unfortunate. Uh, Brett said, so want that car. Clinton said, I like it, but not the decal of the hands on the side. That takes away from the supposed horror element in my mind, bringing a tacky, almost cartoonish element. Yeah, that's how I feel about the uh, the Walking Dead branded survival backpack. Yeah. You don't really need the... You, maybe just a backpack. You don't really need the oh, branding. Just a bag. Just go to, go to MEC and buy a, a small green gym bag for... You know, six bucks and uh, stuff it full of supplies. Three days worth of food and water and, uh, you know, a change of underwear, a change of socks. You're good to go. What is Toothpaste? the what's the U.S. equivalent of MEC? I have the faintest idea. Mountain Equipment Co-op, everyone. It's a sort of outdoor adventure type store here in Canada. I really couldn't tell you. All right. Anyways, um, Travis finally says, what's the MSRP on this bad boy? <laughs> so I looked it up. Good. <laughs> now... Uh, there's no actual advertised price for the no, walking. No, they don't do that. For the, well, they do, but they didn't. It's in dealerships, but you have to go to a dealership to find out what the MSRP is on the actual Walking Dead edition. But the regular Tucson starts at twenty one thousand four fifty. You think this is more? Yes, of course it's That's more. Crazy. They have to cover the. They have to cover and jack up ten times the cost of all the stuff you get. Okay, so it's the the decals, which uh, and a, okay, so the plaque ten bucks. The backpack, 40, 50 bucks, and the decals, mm, you know, you got to pay the, you know, even with the plaque, you got to pay the graphic designer, you got to pay the, uh, the manufacturer. Uh, let's say, let's round it up to a hundred bucks. All, all said, a hundred bucks. All, all in, hundred bucks. So this is, what do you say the MSRP of the Tucson is? 21,450. Okay. So 21,550. There, right. There's your price. I bet you this car starts at 24,450. Five ninety five. Right. What, I'm just. I'm just. just it's too much. I don't know how much more that is. That's too many numbers for me to comprehend what the difference is. Well, I, I, that's like you know four thousand dollars more, even though the cost of the extras is about a hundred, maybe hundred fifty. <laughs> All right. For four thousand dollars, I'll put together a uh, the Talking Dead Tucson package, and uh, we'll send that out to you. Let's let's not call it Tucson. Let's call it something else. But yeah, it'll be four grand. No, just you know <laughs> a, a, a car customization package oh okay there you, uh, go. you know a backpack with some toothpaste 
We should. I'm cr- stuck on the toothpaste for some reason. We should create There's a bio suit in there too. <laughs> well, you need a bio suit. It's a little more important than toothpaste in a zombie apocalypse. Actually, in my dude, humble opinion. In the at the end of the world, toothpaste and dental floss is probably one of the most important things you can have. If there are no more dentists, think about what would happen if you had a serious tooth problem. Okay, dude. All you need is a stick, a small, sharp stick, also known also known as a toothpick, and you'll be fine. I'm just saying, if in the in the end of the world, in the zombie apocalypse or otherwise, you've got to take care of your teeth because a toothache or a tooth problem can be totally debilitating. And if you yeah. it, and if you got a floss, you got to make sure you take care of them, man. Because without a dentist, you are screwed. You can't be no, running I, away I, from. I zombies. agree with you. I just don't think that the you know toothpaste is a, is a you know the manufacturers uh, of toothpaste have uh, sold you a false set of goods saying that you need toothpaste or you're going to die. You don't need toothpaste. You need a toothpick. You need to get crap out of your teeth. That's fine. But if you took some uh, horse hair, cut it down, and glued it to a stick, you could brush your teeth. Well, sure. I'm, but my point is mostly you have to take care of your teeth. Yes. Like, and I agree with you. Y- I just You don't need to wash your body for months if you don't want to, but take care of your damn teeth because dirt on your skin is not going to slow you down. Uh, toothache, you're just not going to want to move and you're going to want to get eaten for sure. Yeah. So I, I choose to die because I uh, I need a root canal. Take care of your teeth in the at the end of the world, everybody. It's important. Yeah, or, or even now. Whatever. Well, now too. Yeah. The better... Yeah, that's right. The better they are going in, the more chance you have of surviving longer. <laughs> yep. All right. So that's... Uh, that is the Walking Dead... Hyundai Tucson Special Edition. If anyone buys one, or if anyone goes and test drive test drives one, let us know what you think. I, re- I really want to know. And if anyone finds out what the actual price of this sucker is, I'm curious about that too. I should walk. It, there's a Nissan dealer, or not Nissan. There's a Hyundai dealer right near my house. I should go walk in there and say, can I try the Walking Dead car? So, uh, wait, is it a custom paint package too? Like it's a custom paint job, right? No, I think the the ash black you can get a regular Tucson in ash black. Oh, see, it's all bullshit. Of course it is. It's all it's you know four grand for a backpack and some decals. Come on. And I'm just speculating on the four grand, but I, w- yeah. I bet you I'm not too far off. Probably not. Alrighty, let's. Uh, that's it for the news. So let's stop for a quick break. Uh, when we come back. What are we going to do? When we come back, we'll do the uh, we'll talk about the Walking Dead video game. Cool. And then get to our uh, next Walking Dead actor spotlight. All that right after this. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Now it's time to talk a little bit about Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 2. And uh, they've released 
episodes one, two, and three, and we've played all three of them. And I think we talked about episode one way back when it came out, so we're mostly going to focus on two and three this time. Um, now, I must admit, Jason, I played episode two a while back. It's been out for a little while. So it's going to be a little more fresh in your mind, I think, because you've recently got caught up, right? Yeah, I played them both this morning. Okay, good. So that's a... <laughs> well, I wanted everything to be nice and fresh. That's... Right? So I, I waited so that the, the quality of my thoughts would be would offset, because I knew you played them a long time ago, so I wanted to offset that. So I waited as long as humanly possible in order to play these games. All righty. Well, I played episode three not that long ago, about two weeks ago maybe a week and a half only. So it's fresher in my brain. But yeah, number two was a while back. So uh, give me a quick recap, if you can, on the plot of, of number two. That was the one where... Um, it's a house divided. House so, divided, yeah, that's right. Uh, they uh, Somebody shows up at the cabin, some dude. I guess, spoiler, we're going to sp- talk about these games. So uh, if you aren't aware of the plot yet, uh, you know, go play this game, press stop, go play the games, and then come back and press play. Good. Uh, okay, so dude shows up, scares the crap out of Clementine, and she tells the group, and they all hightail it out of there, and they end up at a ski chalet. That's right. So this is the, the one, one where you have to cross the bridge to the ski chalet. That's right. Okay, that's good. And they meet up with um, a known character when they get there. Yeah. Which is exciting. Uh, okay, so what do I remember about this one? I do remember the, the, the bridge crossing was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have fun doing that. Um, and getting to the ski chalet was good, and you end up exploring that a little bit and seeing if you can trust the other people, and then you get attacked right at the end, correct? Yeah, don't forget about the Christmas tree. There's a Christmas tree, it and is- you have to find the, the, the top decoration for it. Right, 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 right. It's Christmas time. <laughs> At the ski chalet. Okay. But no snow. Uh, was there... Well, you're in the south. It's There's not that much snow in the south, right? Well, you... Okay, I'm just kind of confused about ski chalet, Christmas tree, no snow. Right? Uh, so it just... It sets the location and time of year, and the location and time of year would usually indicate snow, so something's off. Right? So it's the right location at the wrong time. Hmm... Are you trying to say that they've got Christmas at the wrong time, or it's just a especially dry winter, maybe? I think they have Christmas at the wrong time. I think that they were there, uh, and they were holed up, and they found a bunch of Christmas decorations. They're like, what, what, what's the date? And everybody's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, fuck it. Let's just put up a tree. <laughs> That's probably exactly how the conversation went. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just I assumed that Chris, it wasn't actually Christmas time because, uh, you know, the three things all went together. And they didn't. Uh, they didn't add up for me. Okay, you know it's funny that didn't even occur to me that there was no snow and it was Christmas. I was just like, hey, it's ski chalet, Christmas, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. Oh, well, so, what did you think about these two chapters, number two and number three? And and can you can you do you think this game has progressed or regressed since season one? Do we want to talk about the overall plot of the third part, the chapter three, before we get into our impressions of the whole thing? Sure. Do you remember what happened in the third part, Chris, or has it been too long and your Alzheimer's has kicked in? Well, it, it may have kicked in a little bit. Um, in the third part, you um, you go to Carver's. Carver is this bad guy that is chasing you. Yep. And he takes the group back to his town, 
and imprisons you more or less. And so chapter three is Clementine and her group of people trying to formulate a plan to escape. Right. And going about the actions that they think they need to do to get out of there alive. Right. Okay. Look at that. I did remember. You did. You did good. You did good. Um, so what uh, you asked about my, my impressions? Yeah. Let me, let me hear what you've got. I have a few things to say about number three for sure. Okay, so overall impressions, uh, you know, the one comment that really uh, stuck in my head was uh, if you have a job to do and it's dangerous and you need uh, something critically done or sought out or information found, give it to the 11-year-old girl. <laughs> yes. Because she was totally in charge of, and I'm all for it, but it just seemed kind of odd. It's like, okay, we need to do this thing. Okay, you climb up there and look through the binoculars and tell us exactly what's going on. Like, that uh, seems like something an adult should do, just, you know, in my opinion. Okay, well, let me, let me stop you there. I totally agree with you, but I think it's also one of those things that you just have to suspend your disbelief and get past. Because in this game, you play as Clementine. You play as the young girl, right? You're not playing an adult character like you were in season one. And there's only going to be so many logical ways for them to write into the story a reason for the 11-year-old girl to be the one who goes and does everything important. Right. Well, and the one thing is that she has the binoculars. Like, the binoculars are hers, so therefore <laughs> she has to look through them because can I borrow your binoculars is ridiculous. That's crazy town. Yeah, yeah it's just absolute <laughs> lunacy. So that was the one thing that really stuck out to me. The second thing that stuck out to me uh, is that everything in these two episodes we've seen before. Like we've seen the governor, we've seen the escape, we've seen the uh, the every dramatic point in this in these two episodes uh, seem like we've seen them in either previous episodes or in the television show or in the comic books or in the books or in all of them because yep. this screamed of the governor. I know it's funny. I made exactly the same note. My note was another insane leader at a safe camp. Will the Walking Dead ever do something new? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny that you and I both realized that because it was, it was shockingly similar. You know, it's a safe camp. It's a crazy leader. He's he might be a little bit more outwardly insane than the governor was, at least TV governor for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it's basically the same thing, and I couldn't help sort of shake that the whole time I was playing it, despite enjoying it, and and you know, having a good time playing it, I'm like, this has all been done before. And I think The Walking Dead really, really needs to find some new path to go down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, when you after you say it, I, I do agree that I did enjoy it overall. It just seemed uh, derivative of previous works. Samey. Samey. Yeah, it did. And, but the, the other thing is, um, in, in episode number three, I felt like there was way less gameplay than there was, like actual gameplay than there was in number, well, any previous chapter. I felt like the whole thing was mostly storytelling and conversation, which I know is a, was, which is a part of the gameplay of this game, the conversation, choosing your answers and deciding who to sort of align yourself with, right? That is basically the gameplay here, but there was a lot less, um, moving around the environment and looking at things and solving puzzles and so on. I, I think I think probably 
of episode three was just talking to other people. I agree with you, but I think that that uh, just points to the fact that the gameplay has found its stride. I think that it's playing to its strengths. Like you don't, it was a, it was a an interactive cinematic experience, mm-hmm. right? It was more than just uh, one of the complaints I had with season one, and even the uh, the game in general at the beginning was that I was expecting a King's Quest, Space Quest kind of choose your own adventure, complex kind of puzzle kind of game and it wasn't that and I didn't like that mm-hmm. uh, because you were trying to explore the environment and it was uh, you know find a thing and no now that I found the thing I have to find out what the thing is for or find uh, something that I can't do and therefore I need to puzzle out how to do it you know the thing and what the thing was used for was always within five feet of each other so it obviously wasn't a puzzle so it was just more of an interactive experience which is fine because that's what its strengths were with the storytelling and the uh, uh, the flow of conversation and what choices you make in the uh, in in the conversation so I, I think that uh, that was one of its strengths is that it's it's I think the gameplay has found its stride I can see your point I can definitely see your point but it's for me it's a tough sell if all you're doing is making conversation decisions the whole time, right? Some of the things in this game just jumped out at me. Like, there's a part where you have to sneak into a building for something uh, through a skylight. That's what I'll say. People know what I'm talking about. But then, and then you do that. You don't have to sneak out. You just sort of cut to a cut scene and you're out and that's it. And I feel like in season one, you would have, that would have been a longer, uh, like a longer bit of the game where you'd sneak in you'd get what you needed then you'd have to sneak out maybe a different way or something like that whereas here you get in and you're done and it really didn't take any any effort i mean there was no real opportunity to die in this chapter number three i think i found him because i died a bunch did you really yeah I don't think I died once in the third one. I died a bunch of times in the second one. Like, I didn't complete the bridge sequence correctly a few times. Um, but in number three, in chapter three, I don't think I died at all, or maybe once, but I, I can't even remember. Um, but you're right. I mean, the game is all about storytelling, but it I almost have trouble calling it a game when all you're doing is choosing conversation choices. It's more of a conversation engine or something you know i don't know but and 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 you're right i can't say that's necessarily a bad thing because this is what this game is about and it's written so well and it is a engaging story despite being derivative of other walking dead stuff i still am interested in the story and these characters but that's all it's become and i and i do miss some of the other sort of more gameplay type aspects right so uh i don't know um we'll see i mean maybe it's just this episode because of the nature of it they're at a point in the story where well everyone's locked in a room and they're kind of talking about how to escape right so it's it's all about getting from the capture to the you know escape attempt and maybe the next one will be a lot different what did you think about the ending of this i thought uh, i thought it was pretty good uh, I'm three. trying to remember the ending right now. Can you refresh my memory a little bit? Sure. Spoilers for the ending of The Walking Dead, Episode 3, Season 2. Um, but there is a herd of zombies that is referenced a few times 
throughout the storyline as coming towards this location. And what the group of characters decides to do is make some noise to lure them there and then escape during the chaos. Right. And you basically get to play that out as the herd of zombies gets there and you are stuck in it and, uh, and trying to escape. Right. So yeah, that's why I, I think I had problems remembering it is because everything you do in the, uh, you know, in the escape has all been done before in the comic book and the television show and the novels as well. Right down to, yeah, covering yourself in zombie gore to, uh, to not be noticed by the zombies. Yeah, do we really need that again? But yeah, even it even came up in the storyline. Like you know, the one, uh, the one unknown person said, "I know exactly how to get out of here." You cover yourself in gore, and you get out, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, you got to cover yourself in gore." That's so gross. Clementine's like, "Well, in my conversation choice, it was like, yeah, we did that before. That's no big deal." <laughs> I already know that. I yeah, can't believe I. You know, what are you gonna do? Can't believe I didn't think of it. Yeah, and then the other little girl is the one that's squeamish. Right. Oh, it's so gross. I got to shut up, you. It's so gross. Yeah. You know, it's just annoying. Um, What did, uh, what was I going to say? What did you think about all of the child violence in this game? There was a lot of hitting children. And I think. Yes, there was. I think one of the things, one of the reasons they did that is to really make us despise this evil leader of this community. Because he was the one kind of instigating a lot of it. Yep. And it felt like it was a little bit of, you know, audience manipulation to just really make sure we're not on this guy's side. No. Well, you know, it was very, uh, again, it was the governor was coming up. And it wasn't just that guy. It was, uh, there was another guy that we hated so much and we were looking for a way for him to die. And uh, we actually, the way he died was exactly the same way that uh, Otis died by the way, and That's uh, right. in the television show. Yep. So, you know, we, yes, there was a lot of uh, smacking little girls around, but, you know, the Walking Dead property is, is known for that. Like, they really take a number to little girls in uh, in the television show and this and this video game. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, actually. Boy, <laughs> now that we say it all out loud, there was really nothing new here. Uh, I can't think of anything. I think uh, crawling through a skylight might have been new. <laughs> yeah, that might have been. Swiss, uh, ski chalet, which I was hoping for chicken because, you know, I was kind of craving Swiss chalet at the time. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, the There was a comic book store where Clementine hides out in the game. The town has a comic book store. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Kirkman's comics were all over that thing. I did not notice. In- Invincible was there. Nice. Um and uh, no Walking Dead. That would be a little too meta. But I'm yeah. sure there might have been other ones too, but I noticed Invincible. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it feels like everything here was just, just done before, despite all new characters, or mostly mostly new characters, or characters unique to the video game, I should say, who are pretty cool and you know have some potential. But uh, other than that, it kind of felt like there wasn't a lot to it. Now, it sounds like we're being really negative on this, and and despite all these feelings, I still enjoyed it, and I still had fun playing it. I'm still going to play more because I know this is a really good series. It's just I, I long for something a little different. Yeah. And we're not maybe really the, uh Maybe the spinoff show will uh, will be that for us. Oh, my or God. Or the new set of books. If it is more of the same, 
I mean, that really is kicking a dead horse, isn't it? It is. I mean, the, the comic, the the whole Walking Dead property is built on this, you know, small group scrambling to survive and never being able to get ahead, going from one completely dire situation to another, mm-hmm. and everything is like that, right? So yes, to to have a new Walking Dead property, you have to kind of stick to that, or they feel like they have to kind of stick to that. But I think it's time to expand on that a little more, or we're going to start getting tired of it. There may be some backlash. Maybe some backlash. Like, look at, uh, you know, the Spice Girls or Justin Bieber. They're so popular, and it's all, you know, very, very popular <laughs> and samey stuff until the backlash, and the backlash is huge. The Spice Girls? Oh, yeah, don't you remember the... the I'm, a, you know, I keep saying that I'm a closet Spice Girls fan, but I keep telling people, so uh, it's not so much a closet fandom anymore it's i've always been a spice girls fan there was a huge huge backlash like they just dropped off the face of the earth one day and they were gone yeah because there was just all of a sudden you know enough is enough already there's too much and that's it and there's no going back it's not like you can pull back the reins a little bit and go you know we're just going to release one little uh acoustic spice girls album because you know they don't play instruments and you know if they're not (laughs) standing up on stage chicken their money makers you know what's the point of the spice girls right so when like there's no backlash yet but once there is a backlash everything's dead like it's in you know pardon the pun uh the show's going to end the comic book is going to end uh the spin-off shows are going to end this game is going to end everything is going to come to a grinding halt and so they have to be careful like they really really have to be careful robert kirkman you can never go back Jason yeah. Miles said it here. Keep that in Once mind. Once that backlash happens, you're you're just screwed. So maybe uh, you know, there's two philosophies. There's one: try to avoid the backlash by not doing uh, everything you can, or they're employing what seems to be Robert Kirkman's idea: make as much cash as you can right now, and then go buy an island and burn out to an island, <laughs> and then that's it. And then you go live on that island, and you're done. Yeah. Well, maybe I, maybe that's his goal. I don't know, but it seems like it's working for him. Yeah, you know, it's I, I applaud that. And if you can do it, do it. And I wish I could do it. <laughs> Certainly don't hold it against the guy. Yeah, yeah, I can't really hold it against him. But uh, yeah, that backlash is coming. All right. Well, two more things I just want to say about the video game before we wrap up here. Um, one of the decisions, as you know, it keeps track of your decisions. And at the end, it shows you what percentage of players made the same decision as you did. Yeah. And there was one decision that I made that I regretted making because of the in-game consequence and that was a decision where you had to decide as Clementine whether to stay and watch somebody kill somebody else or leave and not see it do you remember that decision oh yeah do you remember what you did oh yeah what did you do I stayed I stayed along with like uh, I think it was most of the people I stayed too, and I regretted staying because that was not fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty gruesome, and, and uh, I even thought enough already. Me too. My my wife was sitting in the other room, and had to leave. <laughs> like she wasn't even watching the video game. She was reading the newspaper or looking up something on her phone. She was sitting in the living room. I was playing in the TV room, and she had, she left. I am glad you mentioned that because it reminded me of something else that that uh, I think. Um, hammers our point home here what's that i was playing the game my wife was sitting in this very chair right here which is near my tv 
And she has never played these games. She's not a video game person very much. She's never really watched me play these games. She's come and gone a little bit as I have been. But she was sitting here barely paying attention. And she said to me, when do you start playing? <laughs> and I, I had gotten through 80 or 90% of chapter three at that point. Right. So I, it only took a couple of hours. It's not very long. And she'd been, she was sitting here the whole time doing something on the computer. And she had, at one point turned to me and said, so when do you start playing? And that was two hours in. <laughs> I think that just emphasizes the fact that there's no playing of this game. It's just experiencing the story. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, if that's a problem for you, I think maybe this isn't quite the game for you. But there's one more thing I realized while playing it. And here's something that I really wish they would do. And that is that I could see this video game, instead of being a video game, being an animated series starring Clementine. They, yeah. sh they should make an animated Walking Dead show starring Clementine, have writing as good, have, you know, storylines just as fascinating. But forget about making it a video game. Make it an actual TV show, animated Walking Dead TV show. See, I was going the other way. I was uh, I was thinking that uh, I would like to see this kind of gameplay come to uh, other genres, like give me a murder mystery, and uh, you know I'd have to solve a murder mystery. My wife and I we watch all kinds of murder mysteries. We mm -hmm. watch BBC murder mysteries. We watch American murder mysteries, Canadian murder mysteries. If there's a murder mystery on the air and we haven't watched it, I'd be surprised. Okay. And some of them are really really good. Mm hmm. So, like a Sherlock Holmes. You know the Sherlock Holmes with uh, what's-his-name and The Hobbit? Uh, yes. The British Sherlock Holmes. Yes, I do. Uh, it's That's a great show. I would like to see <laughs> something like that uh, with that kind of writing, that kind of style, where you get to choose everything that uh, uh, that Watts, John Watson says. Because, obviously, you can't play Sherlock Holmes because that'd be crazy. Uh but John Watson, we're, you know, the reader or watcher is supposed to, you know, see things through this, you know, the eyes of an everyman mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, yeah, give me that. Give me law and order in this genre. Give me, uh, you know, Columbo, in the, which, I, you know, I really wish would come to Netflix. <laughs> you know, any of that stuff I think would fit the genre really well. It's not very action-oriented, but you have to talk to people. You have to inquire, you know, ask them questions, ask the right questions, get a different response. I think it's perfect. Why well, I... I agree with you, but I think games like that exist already where you're, you're, it really is that's what you're doing. You're talking to people and you're solving a mystery, don't they? Well, there's the L.A. story, which I really liked. It was a, a sandbox kind of 1930s Los Angeles uh, kind of thing. What you did is you investigated murders. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, this is uh, even less video gamey, right? It's more interactive storytelling, right? So that that's and it's it is uh, it's it is animated. Like there's no semblance of reality. It's more of a comic book come to life, which I also kind of liked. Yep. So that stylistically, I think uh, this kind of thing would lend itself well to uh, you know the the whodunit genre. And, uh, you know, I would play that game and I would probably play that game with my wife and we'd have arguments over which option to choose in conversations. You know, I completely agree with you. I would play that game too. It sounds fun. It sounds really uh, like something I would like. But on the other end of the spectrum, I think they should take this kind of game and make it into an animated show that just has this good quality storytelling, you know, because I would yeah. watch that show too. <laughs> there you go. You so. should watch the, uh, the Batman, uh, the animated Batman thing. 
Oh, I know. I've been told by the multiple Dark Knight people. Returns or whatever it's called. Yeah, I've been told by multiple people that it's like the best Batman there is. I watched part one and really liked it. I haven't gotten around to watching part two yet. All right. Well, maybe I'll do that soon. Okay. So despite mostly crapping on it, I got to say I still enjoy these video games and I still like them. And I, I, I definitely think Telltale's doing a bang up job here. Yes. I think gameplay wise, they've reached their stride. I like it. Uh, I think uh, the story and animation and acting and uh, all that is good. I just think that the, you know, the decisions they've made about what happens and what dramatic moments uh, we've all seen before. Something new would be, uh, would be good. Right. All right. If you have any thoughts on the game, if you agree or disagree or violently hate us after saying something, all this stuff, I want to hear about it. Not, not violently, you know, verbally hate us, but don't violently hate us. Well, please, please don't. Yeah. But if you do, I want to hear, uh, hear about it. So send emails to talking dead podcast at gmail.com and maybe we'll uh, read some of them on the air. Uh, okay. I do actually have a surprise for you now, Jason, because I got a couple of listener feedback emails that I want to do just before our real surprise, which is coming at the end. Okay, so uh, speaking of violently hating us, these, Jason, are just for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> listener feedback. All righty, Mike from Gainesville, Florida writes, Chris, I believe it was you that wanted the spinoff show to possibly take place in the future. And someone suggested that maybe we could see Carl and or Judith, and that would be a good link between the two shows. As cool as that would be, I'm not so sure that would fly for Robert Kirkman. He is a big advocate of making sure no one character is safe in the series, and if any of our characters appear in this future setting, we'll know that they've survived the main series, and any suspense with them would be gone. Do you think that's a problem, Jason? Uh, I think it's a problem if they want the spinoff show to remain canon of the actual universe that everybody else is in. But as we all know, there is a multiverse out there, and uh, each decision spins off its own universe, and therefore uh, this could just be one possible reality. I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a that's pretty good uh, pretty good explanation. Just because a character is alive in the future doesn't necessarily mean that that has anything to do with what we're seeing in the in the main show. The problem with that is it would confuse too many people. Well, think about it. If uh, if it was in the future and we had Judith or Carl in the show, or Judith and Carl, you know, brother and sister team going out uh, kicking ass and taking names, uh, you know, that'd be awesome. And then Judith dies in the TV in the other TV shows. Like, what? What the hell's going on now? And it's a, it's a whole mystery. What the hell is this other show? If uh, if one of the main characters is dead in the uh, in the original show? Okay, but you just know that people would be confused, maybe in a good way, because it would definitely be it, it would be a talking point. People around the water coolers at work would be like, going, "What the hell is happening?" But you just know that the these two shows, the people making these shows, would feel a need to somehow explain it. They wouldn't just be like, well, they're different shows. And yes, they share a character, but we're telling a different story that has nothing to do with it. This is one possible way it played out, and this is another. They would be, you just know they'd want to explain it somehow, and it would be dumb. 
Right. Or, you know, they could easily explain it uh, if, if one of them dies. That Later on in the subsequent TV show, you could say, you know, Judith isn't actually Judith, that Carl's been lying to her for 10 years. It's This is another baby that he was so <laughs> upset at Judith's death that he started calling Judith. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about, though, right? That would be this sort of twist yeah. uh, ending to it all or twist whatever, and it would be dumb. <laughs> I don't think it would be dumb. I think it'd be fun. Okay, your explanation's not terrible, but there are there's probably nine out of ten explanations that are dumb and one that's good. And I don't know if I always trust everyone to hit that one good explanation, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, look at look at Battlestar Galactica. It's risky, is right. all I'm saying. Battlestar Galactica lost all the shows that have tried to do it. How I've I've liked those shows, and I've even said I enjoyed the finale to Lost. I enjoyed the finale to Battlestar Galactica. Neither one really hit the mark perfectly. I think Lost did fine. Battlestar Galactica kind of missed it. They missed some some big, you know, holes. I think Lost really did a good job. I rewatched, I don't know if you know this, but I rewatched all of Lost uh like back in March. You have I think. a lot of free time on your hands. It wasn't really <laughs> free time. It was uh, you know, it was just kind of background stuff. Right. But uh you know, once you you, you the I only watched Lost the once. Mm-hmm. Right, like I only watched it all the way through once. I think I rewatched season one with Dave, uh, you know, when the DVDs first came out, and that was it. And so I went back, and with the the hindsight of you know ten years or whatever it's been since the beginning of Lost, and uh, being able to string them all together for consistency, uh, they did a really good job. And I think it was it was even better than uh, when I originally saw it. I think Battlestar Galactica really had some really gaping holes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like if... if okay, Boomer's Asylum. Like, I'm sorry, I just... That one spoiler. You know, I was going to spoil a different thing. I was going to go with something that happened in, you know, at the very end of the last season. You can't do and that, And I thought that, I, that was just too much, so I just went back to uh, episode two. It's called Water. Episode two of the first season, you find out Boomer's Asylum. That can't be much of a spoiler. Well, it is if you've only seen episode one. 33. I know I know that first season. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Mike also said that he, suge- he suggested that if the spinoff is set in the UK, which a lot of people have decided that would be a good idea, he says they need a bunch of American actors doing British accents because half the <laughs> cast of the US show is British actors doing American accents. <laughs> right. That, that's That's dangerous. Oh, yeah, absolutely, but it's only fair. Well, it is only fair, but I think that uh, you're taking uh, you're taking credibility into your own hands at that point. Okay. <laughs> I would trust British actors doing American accents more than I would trust American actors doing British accents. Well, we won't get into that. And I'll tell you why. Okay, we will get into that. <laughs> because uh, I know what an American accent sounds like, and I have a concept of what a British accent sounds like, but there are lots of different British accents, and I've seen actors that I thought were had horrible British accents, and then I saw them in interviews, and that was their accent, <laughs> and it confused me. <laughs> There's lots of American accents, too, you know. Oh, I know there is, but I can distinguish those. I can tell which one's which, and I know when... Uh, uh, you know, when they're doing a Southern kind of accent or uh, as opposed to Boston, as opposed to whatever. Uh, so I can, I can tell that. But, you know, British accents I'm not so good with because I think the accent changes every 25 miles in Britain. Like, it's, it's really kind of scary. You know, I may regret saying this, but uh, 
I struck a movie off my my watch list last week, and it was Fargo. And bringing up bringing up accents made me remind remember that because they have Minnesota accents in that movie, and uh, I thought they were awesome. <laughs> you watched Fargo, yeah? Okay, that's that's what you mean by struck a movie off your watch list. I thought you decided that. Uh, you would never watch it. No, 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 no. You, I, you saw Fargo. I wa- we watched the, Fargo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's little a, guy, kind of funny looking. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> funny looking. How? And no one can say. Yeah. No, that's just funny looking. Yeah. You know, regular. <laughs> you do a decent uh, Minnesota accent there, Mr. Miles. Such a such a good show. Yeah. Good movie. Um. Yeah. So that was that. Accents made me uh, think of that. Yeah. You know why we watched it real quick? No. So I could we could start watching the TV show, which I know you don't need to, but I wanted I'm a completist. I wanted to see the movie and then get into the TV show. I'm waiting for uh, I'm waiting for the TV show to get uh, either the complete season done or most of the season done because I like watching that kind of thing uh, batch. Like mm-hmm. you just sit down for a weekend and watch the whole damn thing. So I think we're waiting for them to to pile up. Okay, well we haven't actually started the TV show yet, but we will be soon. That's also got the the Hobbit. Uh, yes, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, yeah, he's the Hobbit and Sherlock. Yeah, that's <laughs> something like that. He plays okay. the Hobbit in Sherlock Holmes. He played the Hobbit in... Uh, the Hobbit? <laughs> the Hobbit? Yes, the titular character. Yeah. Jenna from the internet writes, Wouldn't it be crazy if Robert Kirkman was the head of the Spoiling Dead fans, that Facebook group? We all know how much he likes to mess with the people trying to figure out the show. <laughs> right. And I just have to say, Jenna, that would be crazy, and I don't think it's true. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him, though. But but that's the other problem. I wouldn't put it past that guy. He is just crazy enough to do something like that. It's true. So, I don't know. I think uh, I think that'd be weird, though, if he was actually the guy <laughs> putting that information out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for writing in, you two. And uh, if anyone else wants to write in, TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. All right, the time has finally come, Jason. We are going to announce our next Walking Dead actor spotlight. Do you want to do the honors? Uh, No, you go ahead. All right, we are going to spotlight someone who I'm surprised we haven't done before now, frankly. She has been on the show for a long time. She has. And she's been an integral character for a long time, and especially lately. I'm speaking, of course, about Melissa McBride, who plays Carol. Yay. We are going to watch four, uh, three movies, well, sorry, two movies, a short film, and a TV episode that she was in. The first movie is from 1995. It's called Mutant Species. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of Species, but there's a mutant in front of it. Well, yeah, because there's, you know, in Species, it's not a mutant. It's not? No, it's, it's just a species. Okay. This is Mutant Species. Right. Uh, that's available on Netflix. We are also going to watch The Dangerous Lives of Alter Boys from 2002, which is also available on Netflix. Uh, a short film called Lost Crossing from 2007. That's available in three parts on YouTube. So right. search for that if you want to check it out. And finally, Season 1, Episode 5 of a TV show called American Gothic. American Gothic. Yeah. Now, that's available on iTunes. Uh, now, I had a hard time. I was looking through Melissa's um, IMDb profile page, 
and I wanted to go back really deep into her past if I could. And her first credit is an episode of Matlock, oh. which I really, really wish we could have figured out, but it's not available anywhere from what I can tell. So um, that's a bummer. So I had to go with some of this other stuff. And she's done a lot of short films, Lost Crossing, a few others, and they're tough to come by these days too. They're not really available on your iTunes or your streaming you know, Amazon or whatever, or Netflix. So Lost Crossing is the one I could find. Hopefully it's still on YouTube, but it was the other day when I was checking these out. And then the other two are just movies that uh, I've either never heard of or never seen, and uh, that was that. She's played a lot of very, very small roles, so I hope she's in some of this stuff more than just like one scene or no lines or something like that. But yeah. either way, we'll uh, we'll break these down in a few weeks when we do our next episode. Cool. We could throw The Mist in there, too. Do you want to watch The Mist as well? You know what? I haven't watched The Mist in a while. Did we watch that for uh, Jeffrey DeMunn or... Uh... Laurie Holden? No, I don't think we did. But we could revisit it. Here's what I was thinking. We could watch the black and white release of The Mist. Okay. Because I don't know... I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through, even though I've seen the movie a couple times. No, I like it. All right, we let's throw that on there, so. too. The Mist... Starring half the cast of uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> and uh, in black and white. That'll be really, really fun. Directed by the uh, director and showrunner of the first season. Mr. Frank Darabont. Yep. Who's currently suing them. I'll have to get yep. an update on that. I'm not sure what the latest is there. If anything has changed, these lawsuits tend to be as fast as molasses through the courts. So. Right. All righty. Um, that is going to do it for this edition of The Talking Dead, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to give us a call, you can do so at 1-866-483-9662. That's our toll-free number. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. And you can send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out Dave's uh, Kickstarter for the uh, collected special edition of his webcomic uh, Stranger, or his zombie comic Stranger, I should say. Go to kickstarter.com and search for Stranger. It'll come up there. And what else? If you want to support us on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash thetalkingdead, and uh, you can make a small pledge that goes right back into the show. And one more thing, when you do all your shopping at Amazon, visit amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com to help support us there. It's all greatly appreciated, and uh, you guys are the best listeners in the world. So, you know, you make us happy. That's a true fact. It is. I don't say anything but true facts on the air. That's also a true fact. <laughs> That's right. Okay, thanks for tuning in, everyone, for The Talking Dead. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.